It was a brand new car, and it was his first car. Like, not the first car he ever had, but his first car. Like, the first time the parents didn't hand me down the car that they'd had for 10 years, or the first time that it wasn't a beater. I mean, this was the first car, and it was brand new, and it had that smell that just still smelled so delicious when you went in. You're just like, mmm. And he picked me up to take me on a ride, and he was showing me all of the new features of his brand new car. He showed me the new sound system that it had, some of the other features, interior, exterior. He, he just showed off some of the things that may or may not have been street legal that we were doing in the car at the time. But you just have to break it in. No, no malintent. You just had to break in the car a little bit. And then we're driving down the road, and I look up, and I see the visors. And I'm like, what's, what's that on your visors? He's like, what do you mean? I'm like, man, this car is beautiful. And start talking about the interior, start talking about the sleek look of it, start talking about all the different features that it has. And I said, but these visors, they just they take away from the whole experience. I mean, these warnings for seat belts and airbags. I'm like, they take up the whole visor. I'm like, my car doesn't have that. They're just stickers. I'm like, dude, take those off. And that this car will look great. He's like, your car doesn't have them? I'm like, no. This car doesn't have them. They, the dealers have to put these on. They just have to put these on to stay legal. But, man, it's your car. It's like a tag on a mattress, right? Everybody cuts the stupid tag off the mattress. Like, just rip these stickers off the visor. It's like, yeah, I think you're right. I think these visors will look really, really good without the stickers. And so he peels, and it just peeled right, right off the corner. And then he went to tug, and it didn't move. I'm like, dude, quit, quit pulling like a wind. Just like, give it a good tug. And it, it, it wouldn't budge. And then he just started, and the sticker like ripped off a little corner and left a sticky residue where the sticker was on the visor. And he looked over at me. <laughs> and he said, well, now what am I supposed to do? And I said, and I didn't mean it, so again, no hate email. But I said at the time, quit pulling like a girl. Just pull the sticker off the visor. I'm like, like this. And I couldn't even get the edge to come off. And so I've got like both hands and I'm pulling and it, it doesn't tear the fabric, but it tears the sticker and it leaves this residue all across his visor. And I'm like, you ever heard of Goo Gone? And he's like, Goo Gone is not going to work. I'm like, dude, we got this. I'm like, if we go get a little, a little putty knife and some Goo Gone, we will get, he's like, don't touch it again. And like it went from such joy and jubilation of him showing me his brand new car to him being very upset at me because we had a minor snafu with the stickers on the visors that apparently, unbeknownst to me at the time, weren't manufactured to be taken off. They're supposed to be taken, they're supposed to be left on. And so you can find YouTube tutorials now, but this was 10 years ago. And YouTube existed, kind of, but not like it does now. And so 
I didn't realize at the time you had to have a hair dryer and rubbing alcohol and a whole lot more patience than God ever has given me in order to get these stickers off of your visors. Well, time passed and he forgave me because that's what friends do when friends encourage you to do really stupid things. And he, he and I were, were going to an event. And I said, I'll drive. I got, I got you. I'll pick you up. And he gets in my car, and we're driving down the highway for a couple miles. And then he looks at me, and he says, what is this? And I said, what? Like, I'm thinking I'm going to wreck the car. Like, what? And he's pointing. Apparently, my visors had stickers on them. That I'd just gotten used to. And never noticed before. <laughs> and they were stuck. And he started trying to rip it off. <laughs> just because that's what friends do after they've been encouraged to do something really stupid by a friend. We acted impulsively. We thought we had the information. We thought, well, I thought I knew what I was talking about. I, I clearly didn't. And, and I thought it sounded like a really good idea, but it was a misguided, impulsive choice that we made. Now, in the grand scheme of things, you can buy new visors for about 100 bucks, and it's not going to hurt the resale value of the car all that much to get the new visors put in that actually have the warning so that somebody can actually buy the car from you in terms of a dealer. A private sale, no one would even care. But sometimes in life, we make misguided, impulsive decisions that have even bigger consequences. Last week, we kicked off something called currency. And what we've seen is that in our country, the idea of money is completely backwards. We've seen that rather than people find joy and fulfillment in the things that they can do, that money becomes a source of angst and it becomes a source of stress. Now, here's the reality. In order to succeed in life, we have to have a plan. In order to succeed in life, we have to have a plan. Very few people, if anyone, has ever just woken up and been successful. In order to succeed in life, we have to have a plan. And the same is true with money. In order to succeed with money, we have to have a plan. So it's no wonder when we see the levels of debt and stress that money creates in our society that only 41% of people in America actually use a budget or a system that tells their money where to go and what to do. And today, we're going to discover one of the best tools we have in managing our resources. And it's an analogy that Jesus used for us in Luke 14. So if you're following along on your events in the Bible app, you'll see that we're going to start this morning in Luke 14, 28. Otherwise, it'll be on the screens for you. But there we read this from Jesus. For which of you... Desiring to build a tower does not first sit down and count the cost, whether he has enough to complete it. And so Jesus just asks a question. Which of you says in your mind, I'm going to do something really big. I've got a plan and I want to accomplish it. I'm going to build something. I'm going to, I'm going to make a tower. 
but you don't actually sit down and really factor out how much is this going to cost, what are the plans going to look like, what's the best way of pulling this off, how best can I achieve what I'm setting forth to do. And so the first thing that we see today is at the bare minimum, at the bare minimum, we have to have a plan. That is, that, is just, that is just the base point. You have to have a plan. You have to have a plan in place. Don't act impulsively. Don't just, don't just treat money like you're just going to do whatever feels right in the moment. Have a plan so that you've really thought it through, so that you've got a trajectory that you're following. Have a plan in place for what you're going to do. And as we saw last week, I'm just going to remind you of these statistics. The average American household carries over $137,000 of debt. $137,000 of debt. Americans owe over $1.5 trillion in student loan debt. The average credit card debt is $8,300. And 61% of American adults don't have enough saved to cover a $1,000 emergency, which means if that emergency happens, the cycle just gets worse. It repeats itself, and the trouble deepens. And fighting over money remains the leading cause of divorce in America today. There is a better way to live, but it starts with managing your money. It starts with having a plan. The base point that everybody needs is to have a plan in place. And this is, this is an analogy that Jesus is using. And he says, if you're going to start something that's big, if you're going to do something that's of significance, figure it out first. Don't just rush into it. And I know for some who are visionaries, this can be, this can be, delicate sometimes because you have an amazing vision in your mind and you have things that you really want to accomplish and you feel good about and there is a sense of urgency within you because you feel so passionately about it but if you rush into it without first considering what it's going to cost in the long run you're going to end up failing the first step that you have to take in terms of your finances in terms of any grand idea that you have is sit down and figure out a plan understand what it's going to cost because what happens when you don't jesus says otherwise when he has laid a foundation and is not able to finish all who see it begin to mock him saying this man began to build and was not able to finish. So if you don't sit down and plan, if you don't go through that process, what happens is other people look at you and they see your failure. He says you become a source of mockery. People look at you and they ridicule you because they understand your stupidity. They understand that you didn't do your due diligence. They understand that you didn't take the time to do what you really needed to do in order to be successful. They understand that you rushed into something. And if you're a visionary and you're like, oh no, I have a passion and there is a project and it has to be done it has to be done nothing will destroy your vision faster than you not having the adequate plans in place 
and you will always have a sense of regret. And I know that there's a fire burning within you that says, today, 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 today. But you have to hit the brakes. And similarly, in dealing with your money, you have to hit the brakes. And there are things, because they the market relies on them to try to catch your interest. And they scream out, you need this, you need this, you have to have this. This is the best sale of this you're ever going to see in your entire life. And we have entire television channels that are dedicated to this. And now you can't even go online with an ad blocker because every site will try to restrict your access to the site if you're using an ad blocker. So we're inundated with ad after ad after ad that promises the best deal if we just make the decision right now because they know if they can tap into our impulses then we don't make the wisest choices this is why if you've ever gone car shopping you're there for five hours and they're like hey can we get you a beverage yeah how about a steak all right you're gonna take five hours of my time like let's sit down and let's actually eat and then they do everything they can to, to put off showing you the price because they try to break you down. And then when they finally bring out the price, they, they've got you to a point that you're exhausted, that you're just ready to make a decision just to get out of there unless you're a freak like me. And you're like, game on, buddy. I was born for this. Let's go. And then your wife doesn't want to go shopping with you. That's yeah, true. Brooke's like, we're never doing that again. Tell your money what to do. Have a plan in place. This is the bare minimum. Don't let your money tell you what to do. And when you don't have a plan in place, rather than you telling your money what to do, your money tells you what to do. So you need to have a budget. And I know that people are like, I hate that word. You know why you hate that word? Because it means that you're going to have to have some responsibility in the way that you utilize your resources. And that means you're going to have to say no to some good things and some things that you really want. And that's not fun. I understand that. But if you make the right choices now, you will be able to make more fun choices in the future. But everybody needs a budget. And so you can do this very simply. You can do this online. There are a couple great resources that are available. One of them's free, and that's Mint, M-I-N-T.com, Mint.com. It's great. It will link all of your accounts together, and you're like, I don't know how I feel about that. It's by the same people that do TurboTax. So if they get hacked, the whole economy is going down anyways. And honestly, China and Russia already have all of your information, so what's the matter? All right, so you can do that online at Mint.com. Uh, the source from Dave Ramsey is called Every Dollar. There's a free version of that. There's also a paid version of that because what better way to help people get out of debt than you know charge them to create a budget? Uh, but you can use the free version, all right? That's free. Or there is a, a monthly version. Mint is entirely free. But the trade-off is you will see some ads. You can X out of them. But both of those are available for you online. If you're like, yeah, I don't, I don't want to do this online, then just get yourself a legal pad and a pen. And if you're like, I don't have paper, I'm not going to be able to help you, all right? So that, those are your options. Use, use an online resource or get yourself a legal pad and a pen and go to work and put into place what you need. Make a plan. Now, if you're a salary employee and you're going to be employed for a while, this is really easy. Because you understand what you're going to be bringing home. You understand if you're paid weekly or every other week or monthly or 
I don't know if you're on uh, twice a month or if you're on some other strange thing. I mean, if you're a, a doctor or a lawyer, it could be quarterly. Um, so it, it just depends. But you understand if your salary, what you're going to what you going what you're going to be making. If you're hourly or seasonal, then look at this from about three months. From a three month, go back three months. Look at your bank statements and average them all together. And if you're a seasonal employee, understand that when tourism picks up in the area, you're going to be making a lot more money. And so you're going to need to save more money during the summer months or whenever you're really busy. And then when things die down, you're going to be making less money. And so you're going to have to have something saved to live off of reserves and have a comfort level. But if so, if that's the case, then you need to go back and you need to analyze about a year. You need to analyze what you brought in during the peak season. You need to analyze what you brought in during off peak season. And you need to understand how much money that you're dealing with. So that's where you start with how much that you're bringing in. And if you're married, you have to be on the same page. You have to be on the same page. This isn't going to work if one of you is like, we are going to follow a budget. And the other one, he's like, okay. And then doesn't follow the budget. And all that's going to do is lead to frustration and arguments and bitterness. And so what that means is you have to be on the same page, not just with doing a budget, but with how things are going to be allocated in the budget. And so you can't be like, I think we're going to spend a grand a month on sporting events and 10 bucks in clothing. And you're all right with that, honey? And if you have found yourself a keeper, she'll say absolutely. But maybe, <laughs> but maybe it's a joke, all right? <laughs> People are like, oh, he's in trouble tonight. It's a joke. <laughs> but maybe things aren't going to go like that for you. And they're probably not. And so it's going to be give and take give and take but make sure you're on the same page with one another don't let money be the thing that ruins your marriage don't let money be the thing that tears you apart that causes you more stress and more sleepless nights than anything else it was never meant to be that way here's what proverbs 21 5 says the plans of the diligent lead surely to abundance. But everyone who is hasty comes only to poverty. The plans of the diligent lead surely to abundance. But everyone who is hasty comes only to poverty. And so when you said, all right, we're going to have a plan in place, and we are going to tell our money where to go and what to do, then it's time to start figuring out what do we do. And we figured out how much we're bringing in, whether that's hourly or hourly or seasonal. And we figured out all of that. Now it's time to get to work. And step one, step one with getting to work with the budget is giving. Now, I know you might be new to Lakeside and you're like, oh, here it is. Yep. Yep. Here's the money pitch from the church. That's great. And so I'll just tell you what I told you last week when we started currency. And if you weren't here for that, I just want to reiterate this to you today. If you are skeptical, if you do not buy into the vision and the mission of what we're about here at Lakeside, I'm not asking for your money. If this is your first time at Lakeside, we're not asking you for money. But what I, what I refuse to do is not talk about something because it might be uncomfortable for some people and instead just see people keep repeating a cycle over and over and over again that isn't successful. And I refuse to not talk about things that Jesus talked about. 
And so understand, we're going to talk about it. And if you're like, oh, well, they just want my money. I don't want your money. Don't give, a, don't give to Lakeside. If you're not bought in to the vision and the values and the mission here, we don't want your money. But I promise you this, if you're not giving, greed will creep in. And we saw last week that greed is destructive. And one of the most damaging aspects of greed is it's, it's so subtle. It can reside within us for years and go undetected. But we also saw that Jesus said, where your money goes, that's where your heart goes. And so guard, guard where your money goes. Because it's dragging your heart right along with it. The first step that we need to do to make sure that we're people who are not greedy and we're making sure that money does not own us is that we're being generous people, that we're giving. The second thing that we need to do after our giving is saving. We have to get in a principle where we don't just spend everything we bring in. We have to be setting things aside. The plans of the diligent lead surely to abundance, but hasty choices lead only to poverty. And so we have to make it a principled plan. Listen to me, especially if you're under 40. I know it seems like a really far way in the future, but you have to start saving for retirement now. I know it seems like you'll never get there. You have to start saving for retirement now. Whatever it takes, be disciplined and set money aside. If you're like, well, it's too late for me. I didn't get that memo when I was under 40. It's never too late. Make it a habit. Set money aside. And I'm not saying you have to set everything aside in a retirement account because I understand if you need to save things for other situations and you can still invest in accounts that aren't tied into employer-based plans and you can invest in accounts that aren't tied into retirement plans. And if you're like, I don't really want to invest, then if you go to bankrate.com right now, it will show you the top 10 online banks and what they're paying out in annual percentage yield. Now, here's the deal. You can take your money down the street to a bank. And if any of you work at a local bank, I'm not saying that's a bad option, but understand that any brick-and-mortar bank right now is offering such a small interest rate on your money. They're offering about anywhere between 0.25 and 0.5% online, you can easily find an account that's almost 2.5%. And so that's 2% more for your money. It's still FDIC insured, and all that's available for you at bankrate.com. If you have any questions, send us an email, and we'll send you the link directly where you can look over all of that money, and then all that money's insured by the government just as it would be if it were in a local brick-and-mortar bank and you're getting yourself 2% more interest in just a general savings account. The third step is spending. So you've figured out what you're going to give, you've figured out what you're going to save, and now you've got to figure out, what am I going to spend? And this can be fun, and it's supposed to be fun, but it can also be full of stress. And so here's where you need to start. You need to start with food, because you want to stay alive. And so you need to eat. So you start with food. And then the next big thing is housing. You, you need to have shelter. And so food's option number one, and then you go with housing. And then third is utilities, because you want heat and electricity and water in the house. And then transportation, because you need to get around to work and to... And the reality with transportation is it's changing a lot of areas. Now, that's 
going to be slow coming here. But in 10 years, in a lot of cities, people aren't going to own vehicles anymore with the rise of self-driving cars and Uber and Lyft and all the other options. And so transportation is, is changing. And just understand, but that's going to be a while before it, the availability is in our area as it is on a major metropolitan area. Understand that transportation is changing, but it's still going to cost money. And so you have to have a budget in place for transportation, how you're going to get around, for medical expenses, because they're going to occur, for clothing, for fun. All right, I know so much of this is like, this does not sound like fun at all. But plan some margin in your life so you can have fun. And whatever it is you like to do, that you don't have to be stressed out when you go buy the new hunting equipment. When you go buy a new video game, when you go shopping at the mall, when you go into a home goods store and just touch things and be like, ooh, that would look so good in the living room, even though a closet's already full of junk that you once had in the living room that no longer looks good in the living room. Whatever it is for you that's fun, this way you're able to go do that. So make sure that you have things in place. And then if you find yourself in debt, make sure you have a line in your budget that works toward debt reduction so that you can be free. And here's the deal. Review this every three months. Get it started, get it in place, and then review it. And you'll be like, well, we're putting too much money here. Let's change this. Let's change this. We've had enough trips to Home Goods. Let's slide this over here. Need a couple more Packer tickets. Let's do that. And, you know, just, just review. But what this forces us to do is it forces us to stop. And it forces us to slow down. And if your grandma ever said when you were a kid, don't let the money burn a hole in your pocket, this is what she was talking about. It forces us to stop and to slow down and be in control of our resources. Ecclesiastes 5 was written by Solomon, who was the wisest man who ever lived. He asked God for, he asked God for wisdom, and God gave him such immense wisdom. Now, he didn't always make the best choices, but he was incredibly brilliant. And this is what he wrote. Behold, what I have seen to be good and fitting is to eat and drink and find enjoyment in all the toil with which one toils under the sun, the few days of his life that God has given him. For this is his lot. Everyone also to whom God has given wealth and possessions and power to enjoy them and to accept his lot and rejoice in his toil, this is the gift of God. For he will not much remember the days of his life because God keeps him occupied with joy in his heart. Why are we talking about managing money? Why are we talking about money for the next few weeks here at Lakeside? Because we want you to enjoy your life. We want you to enjoy life. We want you to have fun. We want you to live lives to the fullest. And one of the greatest tools that we have at our disposal that enables you to do that is the resources with which God gives us. The money that we have access to. Enjoy life. Do what you love. Enjoy the benefit. Work hard. Find work that you're passionate about. Find work that excites you, that makes you happy to go in and to work. Work your butt off and then enjoy the resources as a result of that. Remove the stress from the money equation. And the first step to that is by having a plan. 
It's by having a plan. Having a plan is a necessity. Every person needs a plan with how they're going to use their money. Otherwise, we're just people who say, I want to build a tower. Seems like a good idea. And we don't have blueprints. We don't talk to experts. We just start building. We don't consider how much the mortgage is going to be. We don't consider whether we're going to be able to pay back the loan. We just get to work. And it never goes well when we act like that. So have a plan. And whether that's online, whether that's a pen and a paper, tell your money where to go. Start with making sure that greed hasn't crept in. Start by being generous. And if that's something for you and you're like, you know, I'm so glad to be a part of Lakeside and I do buy into the mission and the vision and the values here and I'm so glad to be here, but you've just found yourself that you're, you're just, you feel like you're overextended and you don't have any room and you, you want to be generous and yet you look at your situation and you're like, I just can't possibly be. I would suggest that that's probably because you don't have a plan in place. But if you do, then I'm, once again, I'm challenging you. Put God to the test in this area. Because he told us we could. And I'm challenging you for the first time, maybe in your life or maybe in a long time, to start with generosity. And if that's you and you're scared and you're like, I just don't know if I have the margin. I just don't see how I'm going to be able to do this. I just don't know. If that's you, then I just want to make you this promise that I made last week. That's We understand that generosity will destroy greed and it will free up so many areas in your life that we want to help you step out in faith. And so anything you give to Lakeside, when you start this journey, we will give you a money-back guarantee, 90 days, no questions asked, but we want to remove the fear from you. We want to remove the fear that's holding you back that you think, I just can't do this because of this or because of this or because of this or because of this. And we're saying, no, no, no. You give and you ask God to fill in the gaps. You give with a plan and you see that it's possible and you see what happens when you radiate generosity and when you are a generous person and you destroy greed and you see what God does the amazing ways that he will do it. And if at some point in that time you feel like, I just can't do this, I can't make ends meet, you come to us and no questions asked, we'll give you every dollar back. Because we want to remove the fear and we so believe God when he tells us to do something. And we want to open that up to you. So you start with generosity and then you save. Get in the habit of saving. Whether that's in retirement, whether it's just in a general savings account, whatever it may be. And then have a plan to spend and have fun. But tell your money where to go and what to do. God, I pray 
that we would be people who view money as a source that brings us joy, not stress or anxiety. God, that we follow your principles for it, and that we make wise choices. And so, God, I pray that we would have a plan. I pray, God, that we would be generous. And I pray that you'd bless us for that generosity. I pray that you'd help us get in the habit of saving. That we would be diligent in that. And God, that we would be responsible for what we have. That we would have a plan when we spend. So that gone will be the stress, and the anxiety, and the fights, and the arguments, and the worry. And all that will be replaced with joy and fun and enjoyment. Help us follow your plan. In your son, Jesus' name we pray.